the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brethren, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary of the Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life.
Let us pray. Almighty, ever-living God, who in the abundance of your kindness surpass the merits and the desires of those who entreat you, pour out your mercy upon us to pardon what conscience dreads and to give what prayer does not dare to ask. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Genesis. The Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate. So from the soil the Lord God fashioned all the wild beasts and all the birds of heaven. These he brought to the man to see what he would call them. Each one was to bear the name that the man would give it. The man gave names to all the cattle, all the birds of heaven, and all the wild beasts. But no helpmate suitable for man was found for him. So the Lord God made the man fall into a deep sleep, and while he slept, he took one of his ribs and enclosed it in flesh. The Lord God built the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. The man exclaimed, This at last is bone from my bones and flesh from my flesh. This is to be called woman, for this was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and joins himself to his wife and they become one body. The Word of the Lord.
because he submitted to death. By God's grace, he had to experience death for all mankind. As it was his purpose to bring a great many of his sons into glory, it was appropriate that God, for whom everything exists and through whom everything exists, should make perfect through suffering the leader who would take them to their salvation. For the one who sanctifies and the one who, ones who are sanctified are of the same stock. That is why he openly calls them brothers. The Word of the Lord.
The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and asked, Is it against the law for a man to divorce his wife? They were testing him. He answered them, What did Moses command you? Moses allowed us, they said, to draw up a writ of dismissal, and so to divorce. Then Jesus said to them, It was because you were so unteachable that he wrote this commandment for you. But from the beginning of creation God made them male and female. This is why a man must leave his father and mother, and the two become one body. They are no longer two, therefore, but one body. So then, what God has united, man must not divide. Back in the house, the disciples questioned him again about this, and he said to them, The man who divorces his wife and marries another is guilty of adultery against her. And if a woman divorces her husband and marries another, she is guilty of adultery too. People were bringing little children to him, for him to touch them. The disciples turned them away, but when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. I tell you solemnly, anyone who does not welcome the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he put his arms round them, laid his hands on them, and gave them his blessing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. An old Jewish story. Risky if you're not Jewish, but here goes. A couple had been married for 60 years and they just celebrated their diamond jubilee. The wife hobbles to her rabbi and says, Rabbi, I want a divorce. A divorce? Sir, what are you talking about? You just had a great family party. You spent your whole life with Isaiah. Anyhow, what are your great-grandchildren going to be thinking? Thinking, schminking. Sixty years, Rabbi. Enough is enough. We all understand this situation. The longer and closer we are to one another, the more exasperating we can be at least at times. And even perfect relationships go into dark and sad places now and again. Moses, the great transmitter of God's law, brought to him according to rabbinic tradition by angels, had made arrangements for divorce. The process of drawing up a writ of dismissal preparatory to divorce did mean that there was time for reflection and at the end of it there was a document to give evidence of what had happened. 
In Jesus's time, there was argument about divorce, not about whether it should happen or not, but how difficult or easy it should be. Beit Shammai held that a man may only divorce his wife for a serious transgression, but Beit Hillel allowed divorce for even small offences, such as burning the supper. <laughs> a writ of dismissal was a lot better than a capricious separation brought about by some trivial disagreement over toast turned to charcoal, a disagreement that might leave a wife abandoned and unprovided for. The Pharisees who approach Jesus must know that he is strongly opposed to divorce, and they use this knowledge to prepare a trap for him. If Jesus says that it's unlawful for a man to divorce his wife, he is going to be contradicting Moses, and so contradicting God, who gave the permission to Moses. That's a dangerous place to be. Jesus avoids the trap by going further back in time before Moses and the giving of the law at Mount Sinai. He takes his listeners to the creation, to God's original intention for man and woman. Men and women are together created in the image and likeness of God, and so a man without a woman is incomplete, a defective image and likeness of God. The rib that God takes from Adam to model into a woman is a strong sign. Men and women are not just made for one another, they're made from one another. Modern biology tells us that men are more like modified women than women are modified men. After all, the XY chromosome of the male is lacking the extra leg of the XX chromosome that women have. Nevertheless, the depth of their independent relationships clear either way, whether we're talking about ribs or chromosomes. A man and a woman together share in God's own nature as creator by bringing into the world new lives. That's miraculous. Those new lives take a long time to develop. They need the constant love and fidelity of both parents. When that fails for any reason, the children are hurt sometimes are even damaged beyond repair. Our prisons are full, mostly of young men, who have never known an effective, loving father. All through the Bible, when God wants to explain his relationship with us, he turns to that fundamental relationship of husband and wife. After Israel has turned to other gods, their true God calls them back through the prophet Hosea. He promises to banish warfare for them with its bows and swords, 
and says, I shall betroth you to myself forever. I shall betroth you in uprightness and justice, faithful love and tenderness. I shall respond to the heavens, and they will respond to the earth. God's relationship with us is not short-term, provisional or conditional. If we are to be true images and likenesses of God, then our relationships with one another must reflect his faithful relationship with us. The other day my sister Sarah gave me an insight. She said the way we treat one another especially the way we treat strangers, those in prison, the poor and the sick, is a vital sign of how we are treating God. We express our love of God through our love of one another, and in the same way our mistreatment of others amounts to a mistreatment of God. And the most important place where we can treat one another well or badly is in our family. A loving family is the first and immediate expression of God's love that we encounter. When a family expresses hatred instead of love, it's the worst experience that can be imagined. Where can you go when your family has destroyed itself? That's why Jesus describes his own relationship with us, his community, his church, as the relationship of a bridegroom with his bride. That's rightly been called the greatest love story ever told. The vocation of marriage in the Christian community is a call to the utmost responsibility. How we experience our family shapes profoundly how we experience everything else in life. When a man and his wife become one body, when they are springs of new life that they nurture and sustain, they reveal God's spousal love for his family, for his creation. St Paul holds up the mystery of Christian marriage for us in his letter to the Ephesians. He writes, This mystery has great significance, but I am applying it to Christ and the Church. To sum up, you also, each one of you, must love his wife as he loves himself, and let every wife respect her husband. So we can hope that after 60 years, Sarah and Isaiah were helped by their rabbi not to draw up a writ of dismissal, but to rediscover that faithful love and tenderness for one another that brings the kingdom of heaven down onto this earth. We now stand to proclaim together our faith.
Let us pray for married couples and their families. May their fidelity and love become true signs of the Kingdom of Heaven. Lord, in your mercy, let us pray for all the churches of our diocese. And on this Sunday, we pray especially for St. Joseph's Stone, Stonehouse and the Church of the Annunciation at Woodchester. Lord, in your mercy, let us ask Our Lady, Mother of Jesus, to pray with us as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now that we are by death. Amen. In silence, we offer up our own petitions. Heavenly Father, we ask that you be pleased to accept these prayers we offer together with ourselves in this our Eucharist, through Christ our Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Accept, O Lord, we pray, the sacrifices instituted by your commands and through the sacred mysteries which we celebrate with dutiful service graciously complete the sanctifying work by which you are pleased to redeem us, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for you so loved the world, that in your mercy you sent us a Redeemer to live like us in all things but sin, so that you might love in us what you loved in your Son, by whose obedience we have been restored to those gifts of yours, that by sinning we had lost in disobedience. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks, as in exaltation we acclaim. Indeed, holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, 
a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we and until you Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your Church, and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you willed to reconcile us to yourself, grant that we, who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son, and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one Spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Gregory the Great, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May the sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis our Pope and Declan our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. 
There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow on the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours forever and At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, O Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your Church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Behold the Lamb of God. <clears throat> Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Let us pray. Grant us, Almighty God, that we may be refreshed and nourished by the sacraments which we have received, so as to be transformed into what we consume, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. God.